Welcome to the Kingdom Hour, where we are sharing real-life stories that are here to impact and empower you in mind, spirit, body, and soul. Join us each week as our guests share wonderful stories about how they overcame. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Donna Ganey, and I'm joined here with a special guest today with us, and he has been here in the midst of us before. I have had the opportunity of interviewing him on the Keenum Hour on our um, KEI TV 12 YouTube channel, and uh, so he's going to bring us forward with the uh, prophetic uh, declarations about the future things that are getting ready to start happening here in the world. And I want to welcome again Dr. Richard Ruling to the Kingdom Hour. Welcome, Dr. Richard. Oh, so good to be with you, uh, Pastor Donna. God bless you for the opportunity. I believe God is eager. In fact, uh, the uh, Amos 3, 7 says God isn't going to do anything without revealing it, uh, and uh, there are some things he wants to reveal. That's why he told the prophets of old, and they wrote it down, but we just don't get it. <laughs> but today, I, I want to look at the very next verse of what he wanted to reveal. In Amos 3, 8, it says the lion has roared, and this is about the lion of Judah in Revelation 5, 5, and when he roars... And everybody knows John 3.16, but most people don't know Joel 3.16. But when the Lord roars, the earth is going to shake. And I believe there's an impending earthquake soon, and I want to share the details from Scripture. And if somehow I share something that you're not following or don't make the connection, please correct me or hold me to it, because it should, you know, if you have a question, other people will have a question too. But it is, to me, it's clear from Bible of what's impending and I just want to share the, the aspects of it as best I can, and I look forward to this time together with you. Uh, uh, may God bless, help us as we talk about it. <laughs> Amen. We, you know, uh, Dr. Rulin, it's actually pretty interesting that, um, you know, that's one of the things I was praying about a week ago um, on, the, on one of the radio programs that we have, the Kingdom Mandate, was that um, God would stay um, the earthquake and give people an opportunity to repent before him and accept them as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So I'm right I'm right in tune with you. I believe that there, there is a big earthquake. Um, well, in so, Revelation, in, in Revelation, the uh, trumpets in Revelation 8, uh, there's an earthquake in verse 5, and then it says, verse 6, the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepare to sound, and then the first angel sounds. So an earthquake precedes the seven trumpets. But if you go to chapter 10, when a mighty angel comes down, he cries as a lion roars. And we just said that when the lion roars, the, uh, the Lord shall roar, the heavens and earth shall shake. Um, I believe that the earthquake precedes those thunders, seven thunders, just like the seven seals, uh, uh, seven trumpets. And if you go to the seal chapter in Revelation 6, uh, when John hears thunder, it's one of the four uh, uh, creatures, and the, but the first creature is a lion. So he's hearing the lion roar, and that's why John interprets it as thunder. So uh, I think there's an earthquake that initiates these end times of seals, trumpets, and thunders, 
and it will also draw the lukewarm uh, Christianity of America to a close because an earthquake is how the Laodicean church, that seventh church in Revelation 3, ended in an earthquake around 63 A.D. Mm. Wow. That that um, I hope that there's, the people are listening out there and that they're going to get this because um, we definitely, I believe, that we are in the end times, but uh, how do we get that across to them? I mean, you you have okay. written up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Please do answer. Good question. And, and uh, truthfully, I believe the uh, we're running on fumes, but the end times were signaled. Uh, first of all, let me ask you, how long do we have? Because I, I don't want to run over, uh, but I want to cover what is most important for the time we have. Is this an hour or a half hour or what? It's actually two hours. Um, oh, okay. We got to... plenty of time. Well, let me yeah. give you the reasons why uh, we are like in the ninth month of pregnancy right now, about ready to <laughs> pop. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Specifically, uh, there uh, are. Um, let me just say, uh, from a commandment standpoint, if you know the fourth commandment in it, God gives man six days to do all of His work, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, in Second Peter three eight to ten it says, uh, beloved, be not ignorant. A, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. God is not slack. The day of the Lord will come, and the day of the Lord is the end time period, like Revelation. Okay, so he's saying uh, uh, after six days or six thousand years, I believe. Uh, but he says, don't be ignorant about it. Well, how would we be otherwise? God isn't going to shout it out of heaven, but I, he he just said Amos three seven that he will reveal it. And I believe it's revealed in Scripture, the timing, if we understand it. And let me uh, share an uh, an example specifically. Um, I believe God wanted to enforce the weekly cycle by yearly cycles so that Israel could plow and plant their fields for six years and rest it on the seventh year. And then after seven sabbaticals in the 49th year, they proclaimed Jubilee, which was a special time of freedom and uh uh, if if a man had sold his his uh, his land to somebody else for money, it came back to their family. He could not impoverish his children. They got the land back on the jubilee years. Okay, and so the, my point about this jubilee thing is that that the most famous time prophecy in the Bible of Daniel nine, when it says seventy weeks, it's seventy sevens, uh, four four hundred ninety years really. And 49 times 10 is the jubilee length of, uh, it spans 10 jubilees. And it began uh, in verse 25 of Daniel 9. It says that uh, from a decree to restore and build Jerusalem, uh, it was Artaxerxes was the uh, the uh, Persian king that made that decree, unto the Messiah. Uh, in other words, time of anointing was 69 weeks. Uh, it was one week before the end. Well, the Jews were, they couldn't count the seven, I guess, because they missed it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, and it's a shame, but my point is that, that that time period began with a jubilee event. When Persia, the Persian king gave them freedom and they got their land back, it was a jubilee. You know, and if, if land returns to the original owners, uh, that's, that, they, that was a jubilee event in 456 is when they returned. The decree was 457 B.C. in the fall. They left the next spring, 456, and it spans the time to Christ's time, uh, and uh, actually 35 A.D. But if, you've, mm-hmm. if you now consider the imagery of a jubilee and what it means, 
uh, a restoration of land to the original owner. God is the original owner, and we will be totally freed. In a sense, our, our work is over. Uh, at the end of 50 jubilees, I think, in other words, if you come fast forward, not 10 jubilees to Christ time, but 50, 1995 was when Pope John Paul went to the U.N. on the Day of Atonement, uh, which is the day to proclaim jubilee. Interesting, amazing coincidence that the Pope would go on the Day of Atonement, uh, which is a day for jubilee, on the jubilee year. I mean, you know, and, and then... Uh, a 20-year gap until Francis also went to the U.N., and it was also on a Day of Atonement. And so I, I struggled to understand this for a while, but I'm seeing that if you think about Peter's statement, not to be ignorant about a thousand years of the day, and you try to integrate the Jubilees into a thousand, you have 490 years, and another 490 years make 980. There are 20 years left over after all those Jubilees, and I think they're marked by the, the papal visits at the end, you know, at 20 years apart. So that in 2015, I think the end of 6,000 years was is complete in a sense of uh, we're, we're now running on fumes. And for people who cannot do arithmetic very well and they don't know about Jubilee, the signs in in 2015 were were huge, I think. Uh, and I'll just give them to you. There are half a dozen signs for people that don't believe in the Jubilees or can't do the arithmetic. Uh, it says in Joel 2.31 that the sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood before the day of the Lord. But the Hebrew word for before is panim. It means facing, facing the day of the Lord, the end time. So that uh, rare solar eclipse on the equinox followed by a blood moon on Passover, which had the same timing in, in as in Exodus 12, on the second verse, God says to Moses, this is the beginning of the month, the first month of the year, and he says, two weeks from now, you're going to put blood on a doorpost uh, at Passover. God put had blood on the cross on Passover. It was the same, you know, parallel imagery, yeah. but it had the timing in 2015 like that. And then there was a, uh, when they say peace and safety, the day of the Lord comes with sudden destruction in First Thessalonians 5. That was the Iran nuclear deal. It's just talk about peace and safety. We gave them $6 billion, enough to put, build a wall on the southern United States, but they, we, can, we, we don't have the money for the wall. We're letting people, uh, illegal people, come in left and right, and, and yet we uh, uh, gave Iran uh, the money that could have gone for the wall, you know, basically. So bad situation, we totally stupidity in my opinion, but uh, anyway, uh, and then there's another statement that Christ makes. Uh, you're, uh, I like the wording in Mark 13, verse 14. He says, when you see an abomination standing where it ought not, and gay marriage had standing where it ought not, it ought not to be standing in the Supreme Court, but it did. You know, that is a significant sign. Early believers, early Christians understood that sign differently. They understood it as the Roman army. And when it came in outside Jerusalem, they took the signal to get out of there. And the, the Christians were spared because they fled Jerusalem before Titus came three years later, three and a half actually, in, the, in the 70 AD. He came at Passover time. I'm looking at this Passover to see if there's going to be something significant two weeks from now because, because – um, in Zechariah 14, verse 1 and 2, it says, The day of the Lord comes, and that's the end time period, and I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. 
And I believe that uh, 70 A.D. was just Rome. But now I think it's all Muslim nations or all neighboring nations. It might be United Nations somehow, but I believe we're going to see something big a couple weeks from now about Jerusalem. And if so, we are at the end time. This is the end time then, you know, in my opinion. It's been signaled by these other things. But, uh, in fact, I'll give you a couple more. Um, The Pope represents, uh, in, in Revelation 17, there's a harlot riding a beast, and uh, it's uh, the city of Seven Hills is said to be Rome, and the Vatican is, uh, many people consider that uh, as the woman rides the beast. Uh, I think it's the New World Order beast, and the Pope will be in charge. And uh, it says in verse uh, 5 that uh, she is the mother of abominations. And so uh, if, if there's an abomination standing or ought not, in 2015 the Pope was standing in U.S. Congress. He ought not to be there. You know, he, he, uh, how does he tell us how to run the country And uh, when in reality his, his people are so poor they all want to come here, you know, down in, in South America? So, uh, you know, I, I just think not good. The Pope believes in church and state, like uh, we want laws to tell people how to worship God and so on. He, uh, the, his Laudato Si is to help people close the... Uh, the um, businesses on Sunday so they can go to the Eucharist, you know, et cetera. And I, I just think to have this this country did well without religious laws for 200 years, but if we make laws, we're going to be persecuting people for how they worship, and that beast, yeah. in my opinion, is, 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 is we need freedom of worship to worship different, because personally, uh, I see that the, the, the papacy, now this is, let me just say this for your listeners, uh, I have Catholic relatives and I have Catholic friends. I've had in the in the past, but uh, and so Catholic. There are some sincere Catholic Christians that will probably get to heaven before uh, a lot of Protestants who don't practice their faith. You know, because some Catholics are very sincere about their faith, and and God. It says in times of ignorance, God winks. But I think uh, we're coming to a time when He wants wants us to repent and go by uh, better information. And uh, it's not about making laws like they did in the Dark Ages and then burning people at the right. stake or uh, et cetera, you know. So right. anyway, well, that's the, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm thinking about. I mean, you know, because when uh, the 1400 centuries when Martin Luther came, broke away from um, the Catholic exactly. churches, they were controlling the 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 Bibles, controlling, you know, how they everything was worshipped, how everything was done, and 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 you know. Really, it wasn't aligned with the Word of God. It wasn't aligned with the Bible. So, if you were to go back to that day, where we have one common uh, uh, entity that's controlling the way that uh, the whole, you know, the worship is going and how religion is practiced, then it becomes a, a big, huge challenge. Because, um, as you know, it's kind of like beginning to be like where they're trying to form global, global religion. Yes. Yes. I, I fully agree with you, and, and I appreciate your understanding of, of Luther. Sadly, as you know also, uh, they recently had joint communion with Lutherans who wanted to get back with Mother Church of all the, You know, Luther, Luther would roll over in his grave, I'm sure, if he knew what was going on right now. Uh, it's just a, a, a sad situation that we forget where, what we came from. You know, and, and let me um, say, you, you mentioned how that they banned the Bible back then. Um, the pioneers came to this country in a time of famine 
uh, for the Word of God. The, we consider the Bible the, the bread of life, okay? Well, it, it was like Egypt. When Israel went into Egypt, there was a famine, for uh, a literal famine, okay, in Joseph's time. His, you know, his brothers came down there to get grain. Well, his, uh, Israel's, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph's father was named Israel. We think mm-hmm. of him as Jacob, but, but God changed Jacob's name to Israel for when he was wrestling with God. And uh, so Israel went to Egypt in a time of famine, and uh, pioneers came to America in a time of famine. And there are a few more parallels that make this country like Egypt, okay? Uh, Egypt killed babies, as you remember in Exodus 1. This country has aborted 60, 70 million babies, okay? So we, 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 we're worse than Egypt. We think the nation? Uh, right. You know, not really. And, and you know, and, and that's the, what happened with Nineveh and and uh, um, you know when we look at it to why God wanted to destroy it is like because of the innocent blood was crying out from the earth and yes, and it's like we're we're going back in the same cycle. We're going back in the same cycle now. If there's anybody out there that's listening and you 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 made a mistake, I'll, I will just say to repent and move forward in God, but. You know, the laws um, that are being implemented to protect this type of um, demise in, in the earth, in the land, and not just in America, but globally, is what's really what's really bad, and it's driving us towards the end time. Go, go well, ahead. Yes, exactly right. The, the, the recent, they're calling it equality as a legislation right now, but it is going to be equality for LGBT, and it's going to put churches on the negative side of a big in trouble if you don't go along. Um, I know some uh, churches, because they accept 501c3 um, tax-exempt donations, they have to honor uh, homosexual practicing. Uh, or I know, I know a woman who stood up in church and protested a man who was being ordained as an elder, and when when uh, she protested, she got a letter the next week saying, "Don't come back to church." You know, we're we're becoming uh, polluted with uh, bad stuff because uh, mm-hmm. we want the the churches want the money, and they're not free to speak out. They should be free to speak out and say what they want, come what may. We we need to uh, give it plain, I think. But uh, it, it it's not happening, and this is why America is is becoming Babylon, like like Egypt was. You know, and so God called His people. Let me give you one more example of Egypt and America, uh, Egypt enslaved the Israelites, but if you stop to think about it, nearly all Americans are enslaved in some way or other to alcohol, tobacco, drugs, uh, medical care. is uh, uh, We think of it as legitimate prescription drugs, but it's a leading cause of death. People die from prescriptions uh, because they're not eating right. If we eat right, we're, we're better off. But the the point is that uh, uh, we have negative lifestyles and perversions and so on, and we call that freedom. Well, you know, and that's my, that's death, really. And and you you have you rightly have the right to say that because you're a medical doctor. So um, in your eyes, you're seeing what's going on that the the, the contamination of certain things that are going on and and not encouraging us to eat the right foods because actually I don't I'm I'm wondering now is the food charts off go, go ahead Yes they good okay we can talk about that for a few minutes briefly um I am the the father of medicine is considered to be Hippocrates who said that nature cures 
let your food be your medicine. And today, modern medicine has kicked the, his, uh, the father of medicine out, and now we're going by the slogan, better living through chemistry. That's, that's DuPont's slogan, but it's not so. You know, if you know anybody, a uh, little old lady with a bag of pills, it's not happy. You know, it's, uh, it, the, the luster for life is gone. These people get confused. They go to a nursing home. Half the people that go to a nursing home die in the first year. And uh, if they can stand in the hallway uh, and stare into space and fill their diaper and think everything is okay. It's, it's not okay, and I don't want to go that way. I, I think of Ken Cooper, who, who wrote the book Aerobics about exercise. Who, he got America jogging. He, he came to Chattanooga, where I was living uh, uh, more than a decade ago, and he said uh, he, in a conference, he said that his mother was in her 90s, and she went out for her Friday afternoon or Friday uh, jog or exercise. I don't know whether she jogged or walked, but uh, over the weekend didn't feel too good, and she died on Monday. Well, that's a great way to go without any need of custodial care. You know, it, it's just, uh, you know, to need uh, tubes and uh, machines to breathe for you is, is not the way I want to go, you know. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's one thing I wanted to ask you, um, Dr. Rulin, and that is about you know, you wrote an article in 2006, and you, you, you referenced that there was going to be, um, you know, Britain will leave the European Union, um, in which now they call it Brexit. Spoke about it in 2000. And, let's see, I, I think it was year. it was a couple years ago that I wrote that. Just before it was popularly voted and found out that, yes, they did vote for it, I, I was considering it because – and the, my reason for this is, is Daniel seventh uh, chapter. We see the four creatures representing four kingdoms, and the, the there was a lion with eagle's wings. Well, America has a uh, you know the eagle is our uh, little symbol, but Britain has the the lion. And, uh, and and when I was when I was a kid, I remembered uh, seeing in newspapers uh, the Russia was represented by a bear, and there is a bear in in Daniel seven as the second beast. Then there's a leopard, uh, uh, and then a dragon uh, uh, with with uh, uh, ten horns, and out of it comes a little horn that uh, that er, that. The Protestants, like Martin Luther, you mentioned, and other reformers, believed that little horn was the papacy. It grew out of Rome. See, the, that fourth beast was the Roman Empire, and so yeah. the, the the little horn growing out of Rome was the papacy. And it says that it uh, spoke great words against the Most High, uh, speaking against God. Really, is uh, claiming his title. Uh, the Pope has an official title. You type in Google "Lord God the Pope," and you can find that uh, that's one of the Pope's titles. You know, and yeah, uh, that's yeah. that, that's awesome that he could have that kind of brass to claim God's title, and uh, wow. it also says that they persecuted the saints. Well, that certainly fits Martin Luther and that time there. That's why the pioneers were willing to risk uh, life on the high seas. Those little boats. I don't know if I'd like to cross the ocean in a, in a little boat like they did, but they they were serious because they wanted to get out of Europe. And uh, and they risk Indians and starvation here, but uh, this land, God blessed them for fleeing to the wilderness. And I'm, my point, though, is we need to consider that for our time, 
because the signs that that God gave uh, uh, Christ gave about fleeing the abomination when you see it, uh, the early Christians were spared by getting out of Jerusalem. And I think uh, we need to have an exit plan from the cities uh, mm-hmm. to, because uh, mm-hmm. when the time comes, uh, if specifically if we see Jerusalem compassed again with armies uh, a couple weeks from now, it's a, it's a heads up for America, I believe, that we need to uh, uh, find a place somewhere else beside the city. And I know this is maybe hard on people yeah. living in the cities, but uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and you're speaking of uh, Daniel chapter 17, uh, 7, uh, verse 17, when you're talking about the great beast uh, yes, coming out. exactly yeah. right. It's, it says, these four beasts are four kings which shall arise. Well, shall means future, and at the time of Daniel's vision, uh, Babylon was already declining. It was the last king in Daniel 7. So it shall arise means a future application, and that could apply to us in our time with the lion and the uh, eagle's wings and and those different kingdoms, I think the the leopard could represent uh, China with uh, Asian uh, economic aspects of it. You know, Japan, Korea, Thailand, maybe I don't know. You know. Well, you also wrote a book, the Alpha and Omega um, Bible Code. Uh, yeah. I interviewed you on this before, and where you talked about the wedding parables, uh, the revelation right. of the wedding parables. Can you? Can you um, bring some insight to that for the listeners? Um, Good. Just in case. Good question. Mm-hmm. Th- thank mm-hmm. you so much uh, for getting me back on track. But the the uh, we were talking about Egypt and how uh, God, uh, you know, we said the, the parallels were that uh, Israel went into Egypt in a time of famine, just like our pioneers came to famine. Egypt uh, ha- killed babies. America has killed aborted babies. Egypt enslaved people. We have, U.S. has enslaved people in a negative lifestyle, and God executed judgment on Egypt and took Israel to a covenant and later said, I'm married to you. This is where the wedding parables come in, because when God did that, uh, Paul said all those things happened to them for examples written for us at the end of the world. And so, uh, you know, the problem is that most uh, Christians reading wedding parables think rapture. They think, oh, I'm going to be out of here. Well, let's look for a moment at how we're not out of here, <laughs> okay? <laughs> because in, in Matthew 24th chapter, um, first of all, there, there's another t- um, mini parable about judgment as the days of Noah, you know, the flood that came, and there was widespread destruction like I think is coming soon. But the next word is then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. And this is uh, the basis of a Left Behind series, a movie series, where they think, uh, you know, we want to be taken by God, and we don't want to be left behind. But if you go to Luke, the 17th chapter has the same uh, little mini parable. It ends in verse 37. This is Luke 17, verse 37, where the disciples ask him, Where, Lord, where are they taken? And he says, where the body is, there will the eagles be gathered. And I don't want to go there <laughs> you know, to be eaten by the birds. <laughs> I want to be left behind. You know, the, flood, the flood took them all away. If you follow the imagery of the flood, the flood took them away. And in the next parable, they're taken away to the dinner of the birds. I'd say, leave me behind. And, and there's not a rapture there. You know, uh, And the, the rapture occurs, uh, a couple verses for this, 
Paul says, um, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a uh, shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain will be caught up. That's that's the rapture, okay? But the trump, if you if you if you follow back to to verse uh I'm sorry, first Corinthians fifteen, fifty one and fifty two. It's easy to remember because of, of one five five one and five two. It says uh, that we shall all be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Well, there are seven trumpets in Revelation, and if it's the last one, it's number seven. We haven't seen the first one yet because uh, it's preceded by the earthquake that we talked about when we first started. There's going to be a massive earthquake to trigger the end times, and then the seven trumpets that I think will play at the Feast of Trumpets each year. The Feast of Trumpets is in the seventh month in the fall. Uh, it's called Rosh Hashanah for the Jews, and I believe that uh, those trumpets will sound at those times, basically, one, one a year. For, you remember when they went around Jericho? They went around for seven days. The first six days, they went around one trip each day and blew a trumpet. And then in the right. seventh day, they went around seven times blowing trumpets. Well, I think the six trumpets of Revelation 8 and 9 fit with those six days around Jericho. And then in the seventh year, it's like the seventh day around Jericho. There, uh, there'll be seven last plagues or seven vials. And so to me, uh, that's what we're looking at. And uh, can we survive the next seven? You know, well, I think that we will not survive well if we're not following God closely. Uh, it will be big trouble. And the human instincts, and really, in reality, I think the the coming seven-year period is to test us whether we're going to run toward God or away from him. And most people are going to test, uh, trust their own senses and what uh, they think they see on TV and, uh, and the New World Order and the Pope in charge. He looks like a nice guy that is going to think everybody's okay, etc. And uh, I just say uh, it's going to be serious, but it, it will not be as most people expect it. Now, um you know, it's interesting you mentioned the book uh, Left Behind, the Left Behind series. And yes. I'm sure because I know I read uh, some of the series, I think up to the fourth one, and even watched some of the movies. Um, you know, when it shows the, the Antichrist, you know, has the Antichrist assembled with some people that appear to be holy, but they were not holy. So what are your thoughts about that? Well, number one, I should tell you that I didn't buy the books or see the movies, but the word antichrist does not have to mean against Christ. It can mean in place of, and that's the papacy. Everything is in place of Christ. You pray to a priest, you confess to a priest, you uh uh, the priest promises you salvation, etc. You're forgiven. Well, they can't. You know, uh, forgiveness involves, uh, as Paul says, the the power to obey. It's uh, it's by grace are we saved through faith. Uh, but it, it's not just well, you're you're uh, it's you're not just pardoned and do it again, do it again, do it again. That's not salvation. The end stage of of papacy and Catholicism is atheism. In the end, they they don't believe in anything. They you know, and, and that's why it's called the abomination of desolation. The the faith is desolated by people who have not gained victory in their lives, and they they can't believe that God would uh, destroy them. But uh, the, the going to the priest is not where you get it. Okay, uh, he shall mm-hmm. save his people from their sins. It says in Matthew one twenty one, not in their sins. And so the end time uh, papacy uh-huh. will promise salvation. Mm-hmm. 
but they don't have it. Mm-hmm. They can't do it themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. That's absolutely right. Now, um, I've, I watched a video, I think, yeah, last night, yesterday. And um, on this video, they showed uh, one of the priests having a symbol on his cross, which at first, if you're not very close up to it, it looks like uh, it would be Jesus on the cross, you know. Um, But it was actually an angel with wings. Um, Do you have any insight into those symbols that, what are some of the symbols we might see in this hour? Well, um, truthfully, uh, my my mother taught me when I was very little that uh, the the uh, the crucifix is really worshiping a dead Christ, and the word Christ Mass, the word Mass is a celebration of the death of a person. So they're celebrating his death. Uh, I think we celebrate a risen Christ, uh, you know. And of course, they they want to they want to do Sunday as a as a, a memorial to his resurrection. But uh, mm-hmm. in the Bible, it's Romans 6 makes baptism, you know, as Christ's death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, so we rise to walk in newness of life from being baptized. And so uh, it's, I see that we didn't need to change the day of worship just to memorialize it. There's no, there's no basis in, in the New Testament for uh, um, Sunday per se. Uh, they can say that, but uh, the word first day, is found eight times, first day, eight times in the New Testament. Six of them have to do with the, the resurrection, but doesn't say anything about uh, when to worship. In the book of Acts, there's one reference to first day of the week, but there are nine references to Sabbath, uh, and s- some of them are every Sabbath or from Sabbath to Sabbath, like in in um, Leviticus, I'm sorry, it's Acts 15th chapter, the Jerusalem Council, when they decided what the new Christians had to do in order to join the church, they they didn't want them uh, having to study uh, uh, dozens and dozens of doctrines before being full, you know, members of the church. So they just laid a few things on them, like uh, don't uh, be involved in fornication, don't eat meat strangled or, or offered to idols, uh, you know. But because and the reason was because Moses has in every city them who preach him from Sabbath to Sabbath. Uh, well, today we don't. Uh, we don't preach Moses. We, we don't, and it's not Sabbath to Sabbath. You know, it's Sunday to Sunday. <laughs> like the church changed it. So my my point is that I, I believe there's going to be a coming out of Egypt or America, just like there was out of Egypt. Uh, you know, God is going to have a covenant keeping people. We're going to make a covenant and be uh, uh, solemnly uh, sworn to it that this is my my wedding to Christ. You know, and if we're faithful to it. I believe that uh, we will be really rejoicing in his kingdom, which is the name of your program. You know, uh, he, Christ, uh, God said in Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6, if you keep my covenant, you'll be to me a kingdom. And that's how we get there. We've got to make a covenant in, as part of the wedding parables, and then we've got to be faithful to that covenant. And I, I believe we can. We can do that if we understand it fully. Nothing that God is asking is too hard or difficult. Hard, yeah, that's right. It's nothing too hard. I agree with you there. And so, it's it's kind of confusing because, like you said, that a lot of people were waiting to be raptured, to be taken up. But yeah. it's not really confusing if you read the Word of God and accept it for what it is, and um, take I'm, away the traditional thoughts 
embedded by I'm glad, you know I'm gl- go ahead I'm glad to hear you I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, because one of the things that seems impossible if you understand it is the wedding parables two of them say about watching you know if 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 the there were ten virgins, they went asleep, but if they had been awake, they would have known that their oil was getting low. They could have gotten some extra oil. You know, In Luke 12, uh, it says, uh, I'll quote two verses for you. It says, uh, be, be like men that wait for the Lord when he comes from the wedding and knocks, that when he knocks, we open immediately. Blessed are those servants whom his Lord finds watching when he comes. He will gird himself and make them sit down to eat and will serve them. And to comment on that and explain it, um, I believe the knock is the only other place Christ knocks in, in the New Testament is Revelation 3.20 for that lukewarm church that we said ended in an earthquake. So knock is a yeah. se- severe situation he, uh, for, for the lukewarm church and the lukewarm America, basically. And I believe it's impending. And the it, But blessed is the servant that is watching. And the word for watching, Greek word is Gregorio, means be awake. And we cannot be awake every night. It's too much uh, to, to, to expect that. It's a health issue. But if you understand that there was only one night in a year that Israelites were to be awake, it was the eve of Passover. And in Exodus 12, verse 11, they were to, uh, uh, or 10, they were to uh, eat the Passover lamb and leave nothing till morning. And they were praying that God would pass over them as they heard others mourning and crying out. There was a great cry from Egypt at midnight. And then uh, in in Christ's time, he said, uh, after they had the Last Supper, they went out to watch and pray. And he says, uh, watch with me. Couldn't you couldn't you be awake one hour? You know. And uh, I I believe that that's the night. Uh, personally, I I just give you my personal experiences that I find trouble uh, praying long. Uh, I fall asleep. But if I uh, read uh, something on the life of Christ, uh, uh, there's an online, I can send you the link, by the way, so you can post it, free online biography of the closing scenes of Christ's life, the Last Supper, Gethsemane, uh, what he went through for us, and then pray between chapters. People can do that. You know, it's not too hard to to read what he, that's that's eating the Passover lamb in a spiritual sense. Christ is the lamb, and as we consider his life, it is that's I think what God intended us to appreciate Him, and, and uh, then if something big happens, we're ready for it. We we we've been preparing our hearts, and we're praying to be, and we will be the watching ones when He comes and knocks, basically. Absolutely, I totally agree. And he and he does say that the saints will be seeking His appearing. Um, so yes. we should there keeping our mind focused on that and watching. He said, "Watch and pray." Well, the other thing is that that, that there's uh, the appearance. When God came to Egypt, He was invisible. They didn't see Him when He executed judgment, and I don't think we're going to see God this time. But it's it's uh, the beginning of the last seven years when we will see Him at the end, when we which are alive and remain will be caught up. It says in in Revelation one seven, I think, as the lightning shines. all they that pierced him will, will see him even. So uh, I think that, you know, I would not want to be a, a Jewish leader uh, when he comes because they're going to see what bad they missed, you know, basically. But um, I, I I think uh, just to kind of uh, look at the wedding parables and understand uh, how to be ready, I think if, if it's our wedding, 
you know, uh, women understand this better than men do. Uh, they, they, when they're getting married, they, they sew and get ready. They write. They send out invitations. There's a lot of work to a wedding, and men just show up. They think that's all there is. But really, uh, we need to understand that from God's perspective. In, in Matthew 22, it says uh, that a, the king, which is God, makes a marriage for his son, and he sends his servants to bid others to the marriage feast. And um, yes. my point is that that uh, we we need to be inviting others and telling them. But it's uh, the the first uh, seven or eight verses is uh, that people were scorned and ridiculed, treated badly. It says the remnant have their city burned, and uh, and then the wedding feast was furnished with uh, people, good and bad. So uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Maybe the media will get involved, you know. But I, I think that that if if we see Jerusalem compassed with armies a couple of weeks from now as a signal for end times, we should uh, be involved in in inviting people to the wedding, like we're talking about, for a month later. In uh, the the reason is the the closing parables of Christ's life uh, were uh, clues. For 9/11, uh, something huge, 9/11. But it's the Book of Numbers, verse chapter 9, verse 10 and 11, was a provision for Passover a month later, like the days of Noah. The the flood came with Passover timing, but second spring month. And then the next parable is, is then shall two be in the field, same time. Uh, Christ ends his parable with the ten virgins when he says, uh, "Watch," which is a clue for pa- for Passover. You don't know, which really is a bad translation, because the Greek word aido means be aware, consider, understand. And Christ was saying, you don't understand. It's like a man traveling to a far country. And the point is that Israelites didn't travel in winter, and if they took a long journey in spring, they couldn't make it back in time to Jerusalem in time. They were to keep Passover a month later in May. And so I'm seeing a May Day is a distress call for when when judgment's going to be executed in our time at second Passover. All of his clues end up that uh, his closing parables fit the days of Noah or like a man traveling to a far country. It's second Passover uh, at the, and uh, we should I think keep it like Christ kept it with his disciples. Have communion, share uh, the bread, the grape juice, and then watch and pray and be ready. And uh, if we if we miss it and it's not this year, it was just a rehearsal. We, we're learning how. I've done it a few times. <laughs> you know, the Israelites did it for a thousand years. You know, uh, keeping Passover and they still yeah. missed it. You know, uh, uh, sadly. But I believe that it, it, I would rather miss it but yeah. be looking until he comes and, and and finally be right than to just say, well, I'll wait and see because wait and see is a a foolish virgin response. It's it takes no faith to wait and see. Everybody's going to wait and see, but uh, Romans 14, the last verse, says, uh, whatever is not of faith is sin. And I want to take him at his word, look yeah. for him, and uh, and, and be there so mm-hmm. so that when he comes and when he comes and knocks, we're open, and he finds us watching. I want to be on that side. Very good. Very good. We all should want to be there if we say that we are of the body of Christ, that we are children of the kingdom of God. We should certainly Amen. be there. Now, um, Washington, D.C., <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what are your, in that area, as far as uh, end times are concerned? 
Well, uh, I went to college on the outskirts of Washington, D.C., and it, I was living in Maryland, and Washington is surrounded by Maryland, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, and Georgetown University of Jesuits, they've been graduating them for uh, nearly 100 years or so. Uh, it, Congress has infiltrated it. Yeah, I saw a, a picture of Obama in a room full of advisors, and uh, almost all of them were graduates of uh, Jesuit University, uh, uh, Notre Dame, and this and that. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, I don't know how those presidents keep their sanity and their straightness, but uh, when, when uh, after World War II, when the papacy had signed a concordat with the papacy to make the world Catholic when Hitler won the war, uh, there was so much outcry against uh, Truman. When, he, when Truman was advised to uh, take an ambassador to the Vatican, uh, there was so much public outcry that he could not do it. He could not appoint a, an ambassador to the Vatican. But after Reagan took a bullet and was uh, uh, confronted with the issues, he decided he would do that. He, he appointed an ambassador to the Vatican and opened the southern border for the Pope and uh, we, everything's been changing for decades now. You know, it's not new. It's just that we're we're reaping what we've sowed for the last. Uh, you know, uh, also since Roe v. Wade way back then too. You know, so uh, effort to get the Ten Commandments out of the court uh, courtrooms and classrooms so that people are ignorant of those Ten Commandments, and uh, you know they they don't like the commandments mm-hmm. rebuking their sins. Mhm. Mhm. So uh, yeah. Uh, I think basically, you know, uh, the the uh, Congress is is if they're not Roman Catholic, they're Catholic anyway. The word means universal. It means they're going along to get along. It doesn't mean they necessarily agree with the Pope, but they sure find it pleasant to be in his presence and and uh, applaud what he said when he spoke. And I just we're 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 in deep trouble. We don't see what's coming and. Uh, you know, because the the uh, Laodicean church in Revelation 3.17 says you're blind. And uh, uh, big things happen, uh, and, oh, afterwards, well, how did we get here, you know? Well, I definitely, when I saw um, the Pope's recent visit to Abu Dhabi, I, yes. I, really, I really was a little concerned about him signing a document and then the hug and agreement type of thing that went on there. So um, we definitely know we're in some strange times here. And if anybody knows anything about the Word of God, they would see uh, things coming to pass. Um, right. What your thoughts about that? I know Thank you, you shared asking. a little bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even interesting today, I saw a thing justifying the the Pope was justifying his fraternity uh, agreement with the Muslims. It was in today's headlines. But um, if historically, I learned from a um, let me say I was living in New York, uh, uh, Cortland, New York, but I would give uh, health programming in Syracuse, and I uh, would frequent a uh, Christian bookstore there, and the the owner. Um, liked me, and he gifted me a book on Roman Catholicism, which shows how uh, they are really, uh, you know, they they want to use the governments to enforce their laws and, 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 and et cetera. You know, the, the, the uh, it's, 
hold on. I can grab the book and, and just uh, share with you uh, if I see mm-hmm. it. Don't know. The idea is that, that uh, man is not free to choose uh, what he believes to be right, guided by the light of reason. Uh, oh, here it is. It's uh, mm-hmm. published by uh, uh, Presbyterian and Reform Press, a book by Dr. Lorraine Bettner. And I'm going to read, it comes from the Syllabus of Heirs by Pope Pius IX in 1864. It says it's in still in, in full force where the Roman Church can enforce its will. And it's part of the ordination vows of priests worldwide. And <clears throat> I'm going to just read you a few of them. <clears throat> Number, uh, <clears throat> it's, called the, <clears throat> it's called the Syllabus of Errors. And number 15 is that no man is free to embrace and profess the religion which he believes to be true, guided by the light of reason. The eternal salvation out of the true church of Christ is not even to be hoped for. Protestantism is not another and diversified form of the one true Christian religion in which it is possible to please God equally, as in the Catholic Church. Uh, The church has the power of employing force and of exercising direct and indirect temporal power. No national church can be instituted in a state of division and separation from the authority of the Roman pontiff. The direction of public schools in which the youth of the Christian states are brought up neither can be or ought to be assumed by civil authority alone. I mean, you know, uh, this is and uh, this 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 country is is uh, rapidly uh, becoming Catholic. You know, I mean, it's it's all but. In fact, interestingly, that uh, Netanyahu recently uh, said that. Uh, anciently, uh, Rome did a bad thing in 70 A.D., but we we appreciate America as the new Rome. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it is true that, but I don't think that uh, America is has the ability of protecting. And, and when you ask me what happened in Abu Dhabi, I think uh, if you understand what I'm about to share with you, I got it from this. Uh, uh, this Christian bookstore in Syracuse, New York, uh, a mm-hmm. converted Jesuit who uh, who uh, came out and they threatened him and actually ended up poisoning him so that he died. Um, I talked mm-hmm. with his wife on the phone. She said, yeah, he was poisoned. But he tells how that, uh, that, that America, I'm sorry, the Catholic Church signed uh, the Concordat with, with Hitler to make the world Catholic uh, it's called the, the Godfathers, published by Chick Publication. But another one was uh, the Prophet, which was about Muhammad, and it explains how that Muhammad uh, married a Catholic nun, Khadija, and she arranged for Muhammad's mentoring, young Muhammad, uh, by her uncle. Who uh, and this explains the similarities between both religions. Between uh, Mary and Fatima are, are common and big in both religions. Uh, th- 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 there's no other woman named in the in the Quran, okay? And um, uh, I just see that historically, the intent was to get or encourage the Muslims to get control of Jerusalem and turn it over to the Vatican. And uh, when the Muslims did that, they reneged on their promise. They did not turn it over to the Vatican. And then there were the holy wars, the Crusades. They uh, went down there to get uh, Jerusalem from those uh, infidels. Well, they they couldn't. Uh, they didn't get. They didn't succeed basically. And uh, now I think the Pope has strategized to see in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he's going to encourage those Muslims to do it again. You know, and I believe that uh, because the Bible says oh, all oh, nations oh. will be gathered. 
So oh. uh, I, I I just think that's that's what could be uh, up if we see it happen. Uh, you can bet that's what went behind the scenes. Yeah, now well, that makes a lot of um, that's true. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Doesn't yeah. make a lot of hmm, bring a lot of insight into this, and um, definitely we have to keep our eyes open and, and uh, be very in tune with the Lord in this hour to be what, able to be saved. <laughs> it's all, it's also in the Bible in Daniel 8 where there is a ram and a goat uh, conflict and historians say it was fulfilled by Alexander the Great as the goat who conquered the ram in in verse 20 of Daniel 8 it mentions the kings of Media and Persia as being the horns on on the ram but today you would say Iraq and Iran and Gabriel told Daniel, this vision is at the time of the end. So Iraq and Iran, I, I, I did, uh, before 9-11, I had written a book in which I said that I believe we will go to war against Iraq and Iran. And we did. Uh, this was before World Trade Towers, you know, collapsed, etc. So I, I, the Bible is, is true and real. It's half fulfilled. But uh, when when what when, when they're going to go against Jerusalem, I believe uh, Trump, President Trump, put put the embassy there. He, if you re, if you understand in Bible times that that horns were used mm-hmm. for trumpets, they would cut off a horn and blow through it, make it a trumpet. Well, I think he is the great horn, the great trumpet. Okay, I, I, on that on that uh, goat that will clobber and uh, and take care of Iran. And uh, so I, I just uh, see that as 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 likely uh, a payback for what's about to happen in Jerusalem. Well, we do see a lot of uh, news coming out again on Iran. Um, you know, so we, like I said, we do have to keep our eyes open and and uh, watch in this hour because we're certainly getting close to uh, seeing some changes coming forth that. We need to be prepared for this preparation is definitely going to be key. Um, you know, I do have, uh, I, and I, I hope I don't come up missing for bringing this up, but um, <laughs> you know, big farmer seems to be a challenge in this hour. You know, um, what are your thoughts about that? With you being, are you saying diplomacy? Uh, uh, big farmer. What what oh, what are oh, your thoughts? Yes. Oh. Okay. Uh in Revelation the eighteenth chapter there is a call out of Babylon. Verses two to four say, uh, come out of her, my people, be not partakers of her sins, receive not of her plagues. Uh uh, you know. And verse twenty three says, um, uh, for for by her sorceries were all nations deceived. And the mm. Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia. Yeah, you know, and and people are are deceived. This is the big calling card that that medical care seems to have. Uh, you know, the, the if you don't have medical care when you get old, you're going to be in tough shape. They, that's the message, you know. And you need to conform. You need to go along. And we've got the medical care. They're they're going to offer it. Well, uh, you know, I personally uh, happen to know, uh, did know Ben Carson, M.D. Okay. And uh, he said that that Obamacare was the worst thing since slavery. 
Well, I agree. Okay, it, 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 they are going to control you, and uh, and not good. I'm living at 77 years of age right now in great health, and I have had only one prescription in the last 60 years. Um, I was on a trip, got some uh, intestinal, uh, ate, ate something wrong that I shouldn't have. I wasn't. I had a lot on my mind. I wasn't paying attention to what I was eating, and I ate a, some a spoiled apple, and then got diarrhea. And I, traveling, I didn't want to stop at every gas station, so I did fill a prescription. And, and uh, you know, but that's the only prescription I've filled uh, in my adult life since college time. Uh, and I just say people used to get along and live well. Uh, and in fact, um, um, the dean where I taught at Loma Linda said that if a, if a man in around 1900, 100 years ago, if they uh, did not get the infectious childhood diseases, they had about the same lifespan as we do today. It's just that there were so many children dying of uh, diphtheria and uh, small smallpox, the, th- the things that we vaccinate now for, that uh, we, we saved all those kids, and, and so it's averaged in, and we have a better life, a, long, a longer overall average lifespan because the kids are surviving. But if, if a person lived out, didn't get the, those infectious disease, they lived about as long as we do, basically. And I think that uh, if we live well, uh, we can do that. And, and right now, the trouble is with these vaccinations that they are putting uh, bad stuff into them, okay? The, uh, there is uh, mercury as a preservative or formaldehyde, uh, which embalms bodies, but it is the the symptoms of mercury toxicity and autism are about the same uh and i i there's a youtube um video that i have seen 1 minute long by a pediatrician who was in a group practice with other pediatricians and they had thousands of uh, uh children as patients and uh, ordinarily today, he said, you know, there used to be one in a hundred that got autism. Now it's one in fifty. Uh, autism is very common, but he said they had zero patients with autism because they did not vaccinate, and that's huge to me. That is huge evidence. Also, Mennonite people who don't vaccinate or Quaker uh, don't get autism. Okay, so uh, you know. Uh, we are doing it uh, even in Japan where they vaccinate later. They, they they get them one year after they've been a year old. They then start vaccinating, much less autism, et cetera. So uh, these little tiny babies, the, the, their immune system's poorly developed, their nervous system poorly developed. They can't handle it. And uh, we, we are we're, we're murderers as far as I'm concerned. Well, have um, they identified what part of the... Um the uh, you know the medications that are causing the autism have they identified is there a specific one because we know that there's some changes going on now where it looks like they're probably headed toward um, enforcing um, measles vaccination. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I'm mm-hmm. all against enforcing anything. I think parents own their kids, not the government, and uh, oh. and. In the Bible times, and it's in Deuteronomy, uh, fourth chapter, I think, uh, it says, Thou shalt teach them. Well, uh, today we don't want to do that. We want the, the government to teach our kids. I think 
that's a quick way to lose your kids today. Uh, and I believe we're coming to a time when, as God took Israel out of Egypt and he wanted parents to teach their children, uh, we uh, we own our own children. I, 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 uh, we had four kids that we adopted, had two of our own, total of six. None of them ever had vaccinations, and they lived all healthy. Had a daughter on the cover of a fitness magazine, good body, uh, you know, excellent athlete, et cetera. And so uh, it's it's um, it, 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 it's you know they will crucify somebody if they find that uh, they didn't vaccinate their kid and he happened to get tetanus. I saw this on the news. Uh, a, a kid was in intensive care for 50 days, wasn't vaccinated, you know, et cetera. Well, you know, um, that that does happen, but I, think, I wonder how many people that were vaccinated got into trouble, you know, that they don't report. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I think the positive stories should probably be reflected in the, the media just as well. Uh, yeah, well, they won't. That story. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about, um, I mean, the financial of the United States now. The, well, uh, let me economy. let me take you Sorry. let me take you you know there have been people who have been predicting an economic collapse or crash for a long time. I have a good friend that has done this uh, since the 80s. <laughs> you know, and it gets like to be an old story. But the truth is that uh when the first trumpet sounds in Revelation uh 8 verse 7 it says all the green grass was burned up. <clears throat> but if you look at uh, the Bible, see, I, I think it could not be literal all green grass because we'd be finished. Uh, the grains are grasses, wheat grass, uh, oat grass, barley grass, uh, rice, uh, etc., uh, corn. But they're classified as a grass. But if uh, if you look at uh, in the King James Bible, I like it because it's a little truer to picture here that it says uh, in James 1, 9 to 11, as the flower of the grass, so shall the rich man fade. For the sun is no sooner risen with burning heat, but it withers the grass, so shall the rich man go. And the idea is two references to grass and riches. I think when the when the first trumpet sounds, it will be economic collapse. And uh, God, if you remember, when he went to Egypt, he attacked the gods of Egypt. They worshiped the Nile. Nile turned to blood. They worship cattle. Cattle got disease. They worship frogs. Frogs were everywhere. You know. So wow. basically, uh, we're we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we say, you know. Mm-hmm. In, on our coins, we say, in, "In God we trust." It should say, "In this God we trust," because that's where America's at, and I think that God is going to deal with it. Yeah, well, we can kind of see. This going on now, I think, because we're not aligned with the will of God, and you know, the the pestilence increased and the crops being spoiled, and you know, right. and I'm I'm not saying this to scare anyone out there. I'm saying that, that open your eyes and see, because the Bible yeah. does say, watch and pray, watch and pray, and as you so rightly said, it's not only just looking for the coming of our Lord and Savior. We need to be prepared in our relationship, our covenant relationship with with our Lord and Savior. Um, we do have a caller on the line, so I want to open up the line to give our callers okay. a opportunity Good. to ask any questions that they may have. Um, 
in regards to the end times. Um, it seems to be okay. a date at this time because we have saying that when you talk that way, that's hateful. That's not right. Uh, caller, please share uh, your name and where you're calling from. If you have any questions, please feel free to do so now. And you may choose to remain anonymous as well. Caller, the line is open. Okay, if you're speaking, we're not hearing you. Um, so, but the line is open. So, if you would like to, uh, you can call back in and ask any questions you might have. To six four six 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 eight two four one three, and any of those that are listening online, uh, this is an opportunity for you to call in at six four six 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 eight two four one three to ask any questions you might have to our guest which is Dr. Richard Ruling. All right, so uh, they, we don't have any questions right now, but um, let us um, get ready to close out. Before we do, Dr. Ruling, can you please share uh, your information with the audience in case anyone would want you to come out and speak or uh, also share with them how they can get your book? And, um, Good. You know. I have a free I have a free book today. If they will go to Amazon.com and select the book category, and type in my name, my last name is spelled R U H L I N G. Ruling R U H L I N G. There's a book, uh, Turkey Soup for people who are chicken about end times, and uh, it's uh, in, in ebook form. I I. Li- it's easier to publish an ebook because uh, number one, uh, people pay less. They don't have to pay for postage. They don't have to pay for paper or ink, and they can adjust the size of the print so that if it's uh, if they, their eyes are poor, they can get bigger size when they're looking on their reader, you know. But I I, I get ebooks uh, and have done that. Uh, uh, downloaded. It's a free app that Amazon offers for the computer or phone as well as for the Kindle, and. Uh, uh, We've talked, and it, it has quite a bit of information on the wedding parables, and so I would say it would be a good starting place uh, for the times in which we live. Uh, and it, there's, then they can get other things later. The, the back page of the book has uh, uh, a, a newer one that I have. My newest book is uh, 9/11, because uh, Christ's closing parables have links to 9/11. We all know that 9/11 is huge, but his link is to the Book of Numbers. Chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. Interesting how God selected that uh, uh, thousands of years early for us. But it, it, uh, the, the examples from Numbers 9, verse 10 and 11 fit Noah's time as the days of Noah. The flood came with Passover timing, but second spring month. And again, after the fe- wedding, uh, they missed the par- five women missed the wedding. And Christ said, uh, you don't understand. It's like a man traveling to a far country. That travel in, in Numbers 9, verse uh, 10 and 11, provided for people who couldn't get back to Jerusalem in time, they were to keep it a month later, like the days of Noah, etc. All those parables tied together by then, then, you know. And so, really, uh, I, I believe we should keep not the Jewish Passover uh, two weeks from now, but the Christian Passover six weeks from now. Actually, uh, six weeks from tonight, Monday night, I believe will be a time to honor the Passover, the Lord's Supper, and watch and pray and so on. And I will, I can send you a link uh, 
to an online PDF where people can read Christ's closing scenes, pray between chapters, and be ready for him, you know, if he knocks. And I think he will knock. Uh, with the timing I've given uh, with the Pope and all, I think, uh, oh, let me just say this, that <clears throat> before Jerusalem was destroyed, a Roman general by the name of Cestius came with his army and unexpectedly withdrew, but it let the Christians escape out of the cities, uh, out of the city of Jerusalem, and they fled to a, a rural area. But... Uh, uh, that was three and a half years before Titus came, and this spring is three and a half years from when the Pope stood where he ought not. And so that's why I believe this spring is going to be huge. And uh, uh, behind the scenes, things are happening that we don't know about, but uh, I believe uh, we can uh, expect. Uh, I, I could be wrong, you know. I, I've been expected before. I've expected things before and been premature. Last year, I thought. Uh, it would happen, and there were Muslims that demonstrated on the border of uh, Gaza and Israel seven Fridays in a row, tens of thousands of them praying. Well, I think they're running out of patience, and uh, you know, if, I think the Pope may have encouraged them to act in unison. We'll see what happens, but uh, uh, get my book and take a look at it. Uh, be like the Bereans. Don't just trust it because this guy has, a, has an MD or an, you know, that initials after a name doesn't mean a thing. It's Compare it with Scripture. See if the Bible supports yeah. it, uh, etc. You know. Yes, yes, yes. We do need to study the Word, study the Word, not just the Scriptures. You're right. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad to have you here again today, uh, Dr. Ruling. I have learned quite a bit um, today and have gathered some very good kingdom insights to think about and ponder on and do some research. Um, right now we're um, in time series Kingdom Empowerment Inc. Radio um, on the Kingdom Mandate so I I certainly will be going and doing some more research based on what we talked about today and and some of the other information you sent to me now the book that you spoke about Turkey Soup you said Turkey Soup yes. for people afraid of Gorge. the end time Okay, I'm going to... Everybody knows chicken soup. Chicken soup for the soul is a a multi-million dollar series. Everybody wants chicken soup. This is turkey soup for people who are chicken about end times. (laughs) And so this is going to be a free book that you're offering here today. Yeah. Correct? Right. It's only today. So if they they go wait till tomorrow, they might have to pay $2.99, which won't break them either. It's all right. Okay. Well, I'm I'm going to share it um, okay. today. Okay, thank so you. I'm hoping that some people will listen in and be able to get the book and, and be able to learn. Uh, we definitely I, need to be I can send you a PDF uh, for, for you, or in case any of your people say, well, I couldn't get it somewhere, you can send it to them. I don't care. This is not about money. This is about being ready. You know. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. And you have shared quite a few of your books um, for free on here and and many other places to help people to learn and know. So I know what you're saying is true. So um, how can they get in touch with you? Again, well, um, my book uh, may have the email uh, or the website. I have a website uh, that uh, if they if they miss this today, it's MayJudgmentDay.com. 
and it offers uh, some of the books, and uh, they can make a little donation if they want. I think five dollars they get two books. But, you know, it's uh, uh, that's less than the price of a meal if you eat out. Uh, but uh, it, it has that 9-11 book. And also uh, the other book that I think is important, if, if Christ knocks and there's an earthquake, the wedding feast, let me just say this before we go, since we've got a little time. The wedding mm-hmm. feast uh, is not a feast of cake and shake and milk. Uh, you, you know, people want to go to heaven and they, they think they're going to eat uh, steak and cake and, and milkshake. But uh, it's not that. The wedding parables all have Passover imagery. Let me explain this real quick. In, in uh, you know, um, historically there was a Rosetta Stone that was discovered that helped to decode the hieroglyphics of Egypt, along with uh, Greek and uh, and the Egyptian language. It was three different uh, texts, but if you compare them, it helped to decipher what that hieroglyphic was. And my point is that God has given us three wedding parables, and they don't all have the same picture. They have a uh, uh, different uh, wording and so on, but uh, t- taken together, they if you put them together, they, they give us a, a better picture of what the wedding parables are about. And the wedding feast, uh, let me just say this, they, they have Passover imagery like when he says watch. Watch means be awake, and Passover is the only time it was commanded. And when uh, he says in Luke 12:37. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord finds watching when he knocks. He will gird himself and make them sit down to eat. That was the Last Supper. Christ did that on the eve of Passover. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so so if we understand those things, then the second Passover, 9-11, makes sense that uh, we should be, you know, Christ was the master who took the long journey to heaven, and he will return according to his law at second Passover for judgment. Not not We won't see him. But if there's an earthquake, it's the knock, and we should open to him with a wedding feast of unleavened bread, not crackers like, uh, you know, and this is why maybe the, the invitation was scorned or ridiculed in, in Matthew 22. They, did, they didn't want to come to that uh, wedding feast. But um, my point is that I have the wedding feast <laughs> in, in the <laughs> information, seven topics of unleavened bread. It's uh, things that God has emphasized seven times in the Bible are a mark of end time truth. Uh, we we see in Matthew 17th chapter verse 11 that uh, before Christ comes, he says Elijah will come first and restore all things. I I've written a couple people thinking they sound like Elijah. Maybe uh, maybe they are. I said, what are the things that Elijah is supposed to restore? Because uh, Christ said there's all uh, we he will restore all things. And well, they don't know. They don't answer. But I see in Malachi 4 that uh, uh, the Bible, Malachi 4, verse 4 and 5 says, Remember the law of Moses with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah. And I see that those statutes and judgments have a sevenfold emphasis in Ezekiel 20, where they are linked to the word Sabbaths. So it's statutes, judgments, Sabbaths, statutes, judgments, Sabbaths, statutes, judgments, Sabbaths. And those are a mark, and I'm seeing them as a topic for unleavened bread. Those are things that God wants as a part of his covenant, because uh, every king has his laws. This is what kingdom means, dominion by his laws, kingdom. And we want to be part of the kingdom. We want to know what he wants from us. And, you know, God got an ignorant bride at Sinai. Uh, that worshipped a calf 40 days later. And and this cannot happen to Christ. It must not happen to Christ. And it's embedded in the wedding parables that he will take the bride who understands the unleavened bread from the word and makes the covenant in regard to those topics 
like uh, uh, we've given you a couple examples. The statutes and judgments are for the law, and along with Sabbath, uh, the covenant is an example. Uh, and I see in the seals of Revelation 6, where the second horse is a red horse, it takes peace from the earth. When God made a covenant with Israel in Exodus 34.10, he says, Behold, I make a covenant with you, and it's a terrible thing I'm going to do with you. I'm going to drive out the Canaanite. And I believe that what, uh, when we make the covenant, uh, peace will be taken from the earth, and there will be war and trouble. But God will defend us and protect us if we yes. are faithful to the covenant. Amen. Amen. We have to be faithful. Yeah. If he is faithful. He's been faithful to us, so we, we definitely, why not be faithful to him? You know, right. when we when we talk about um, forgiveness, um, we have to know that, that, you know, there's a part of faith that plays a role in that. And so we have to be faithful. We have to be able to give up some things just as he did. He gave up his life for us. Um, Amen. Go ahead. No, you're you're getting ready to interject. Well, well I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I I just um, for people who want these uh, topics and an understanding of the earthquake and the seven seals, uh, the seven topics are linked contextually to the seven seals. So, like the red horse takes peace from the earth, and the covenant does that. Uh, the first the first seal is uh, the white horse, but John heard thunder, and thunder is also linked to God's name. In John 12th chapter, uh, when when Christ says, "Father, glorify your name," the people heard thunder standing by. And in Revelation 14, when the 144,000, who is the God's special group, uh, they have the Father's name written in their forehead. And the next verse uh, talks about there were thunderings and lightnings and so on. So thunder is linked to God's name, and God's name was removed from Scripture. Uh, wherever you see "Lord" in all capital letters. God used to have a name there that translators sadly, wrongly removed from Scripture. They wanted to make God more generically acceptable, so they used the generic title, Lord, in all capital letters. But uh, the Tetragrammaton, four Hebrew letters, were removed. And uh, so we, I think the bride needs to take God's name and, uh, you know, et cetera. Uh, I, so th- there are topics that your people may want to uh, consider, and they can get it at the... Uh, MayJudgmentDay.com. Uh, the the 9/11 and the and the earthquake and seven seals are offered. I think a five dollar donation, they can get it. Okay. All right. I will um, post I, and, that. And, and I will send it to you so that in case if somebody has trouble can't get it, why they can get it from you. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you okay. so much um, again for coming out, uh, Dr. Richard. Okay. Would you like to pray for the audience before we close out? Sure. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together, and I pray your blessing on uh, Sister Donna and her ministry and her effort to help uh, wake up people, warn them to be ready, etc. Uh, thank you for giving us life in these last days. You must have some purpose for it, and we want to live up to that purpose. And so please help us. Help us understand the issues. Help us to reflect it well to others. And uh, help us to be ready uh, and to be your people. You said we are the light of the world. Right now we don't see it very well. but uh, And Laodicea is blind. But uh, please make our light bright and uh, do exceeding abundantly as you promised in Ephesians 3.20. For Christ's sake, amen. 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 Thank you again for being a part of the 
program again today, Dr. Ruling, and, uh, you know, I just, I pray that everyone out there that you just open up your heart and receive our Lord and Savior in, in his likeness in this hour because, you know, the days are uh, not getting any longer. They're getting shorter, and we need to be prepared. So Amen. learn, get get off into the Holy Bible and learn of the Lord in Jesus' name. God bless and, everyone. And his, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say send me an email so I can attach the um, uh, PDF for you and get back to you because I'm not sure. I have your phone number, but I don't, I'm not sure if I have your email. Thank you very much, Donna. God bless. God bless you too. Thank you. God bless everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.